This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. I'm your host, Meryl Vandermerver, and today in episode 238, I'm going to share with you three resources I think you should be using in your homeschool this year. Obviously, these are all going to be online digital resources because that's what this podcast is about. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you may be able to actually guess what the three are going to be. Um, hopefully, I will still be adding some new information for you and more reasons for why you should use these three different items. So let's just get going with the first one. The first one is an old product that has been around for a long time, but I still see many homeschoolers not using it as efficiently as they could. And that is Google Docs. Um, obviously, this could also apply to the other Google products. But I'm going to particularly talk here about Google Docs. If you as the parent are involved in helping your child edit what they are writing, this could be true from younger children all the way through to your teens and your seniors who are perhaps writing college admissions essays. The easiest thing to do is for your child to be writing and sharing their work with you. That way, You know, they may be out at sports, they may be sleeping. You can, whenever you have the time, get on and you can make comments. Uh, It's so easy to do to just the two of you to share a document with each other. You can provide feedback and then your child can go and implement it. And as I said, you can do this from pretty young age children. It's a good way for them to get used to working online uh, in a very simplified environment where they're just typing and you're going and making suggestions, perhaps pointing out where they've um, forgotten punctuation or whatever it is. And you're not emailing backwards and forwards. They could be on a different device to you. And you could even be doing it when you're on the go. So if you're sitting, you could you can put uh, Google Docs on your phone and you could be sitting watching your child at some sports practice and at the same time leaving comments on uh, some work that they've done. Now, even if your child is doing all online classes, I'm sure for those classes, they should at some point be actually needing to write a paper. It's still good for you whenever you can to perhaps just read through it and give your child feedback before they submit the final version. Apart from anything else, your child needs to learn that if they're writing a a paper, they shouldn't just do it once and submit it. They should be revising and you can help them be part of that process so they get into the habit of doing it before they get to college. I noticed that in my writing mechanics class when, you know, that's exactly what I do. The students write in Google Docs, they share the Google Docs, um, and the teaching assistant and I go and have a look and put comments just the same way. In fact, we do peer reviews as well, where the students um, peer review on each other's. And we give comments. And I find some students, despite the fact that the whole class is designed for them to submit the paper, they get comments from their peers, from the TA, from me, and then they need to go back and improve it, and then resubmit 
so many of them don't do that at all. They just like move on. And I think it's because they've never learned that process of when you write, you have to edit. So big plug there for using Google Docs and helping your students to realize this is a good tool. Even if they get to college, they can just send it back and say, hey, mom, before I submit this to my professor, can you just make sure that I haven't you know, made any great error? And as they get more confident as they go along, they're not going to ask you anymore. But I know mine did do that near the beginning. Okay, second tool. One that I talk about a lot, Canva. Now, Canva in your homeschool, you're probably going to, your child is probably going to use that more than you. There are plenty of reasons for you to use Canva. But in the homeschool environment, uh, it's probably your child using it for their assignments. So whether they are, again, doing an online class, my classes will often require students to actually use Canva or something similar to create a digital poster, to create a video, something like that. Um, but you might find that they just, even if the class doesn't, specifically require it, that using Canva can make a much better product than if you're just doing it um, on paper and taking a picture or using another product. It is extremely easy to use. If you've never tried it, if your children have never tried it, now's the time. It is free. Uh, younger children can already start to use it. And you, know, you can sit together and learn together. Canva just keeps getting better and better. Uh, I use it again, um, say in many of my classes for for you know ways for students to to share their work so it's not just all writing papers and in fact and even in our writing fun class i get the students to create comic strips because there are such you know easy ways to create comic strips in canva so you know you can look at those and be very creative it does in fact using it for you as a homeschool parent there are actually pages for teachers where you can create workshop um, worksheets that are very nice and easy to change so i just suddenly remember it I'm not a big worksheet fan, but if you do want to use it for worksheets and even like games, like creating your own bingo, there are great templates for that. Uh, I have lots of episodes on Canva. You can just go back and have a look at that. And in fact, I have a full on one with our new um, Canva teacher from a couple of weeks back that you can go and look into it. But no matter what the age, there is something they can be doing with this simple creating a poster to creating a website. I just created my first little online website with Canva just for our homeschool group. Didn't need anything fancy. And I decided to try that instead of using Google Sites, which I've often used in the past. There's templates that really get you started, and uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And the third and last one that I want to talk about, I've been talking about a lot, and I'm going to say it again, because I'm still finding so many homeschoolers are not experimenting and using it, and that is ChatGPT. I was just, um, I'm in a, a very large homeschool group, and somebody came on and said their child is a, a senior and they're looking for some interesting ways of getting them their final credits. They said they're, they're probably not going to go to college and so they're really trying to make this final year just enjoyable and practical. And they wanted to know, you know, is there like an interesting way they could do history? They wanted to do a history credit. And so my suggestion was, well, why don't you take the child's interests and look at history through the lens of that interest? And they came back and said, well, actually, a child was into baseball. But how on earth would they make a history credit around that? And so I said, well, the first thing I would do is use ChatGPT. And I referred them to the episode I did recently with Randy Smith, where together we created a unit study on electricity. And you can just go in, you can ask Again, if you're doing a, a unit study on, well, so if you're doing a high school credit on 
history through baseball, you you can ask it to outline. You could say, I need if you need it for a full year credit, I need 32 weeks. And you can then just keep going back and and honing in on what you want. So you can make sure it gives you you know, I was giving them the examples of make sure that you know how the different time periods affected the game of history as were affected by the history of the time period. So, for instance, um, you know, during World War One and World War Two, how did that affect baseball? You could also look at the actual history of baseball, how the rules changed, why they changed, how um, the way the bats were made, the uniforms were made. You could also look at the history of specific individuals and you can get ChatGPT to work with you and brainstorm with you to create that. It will also give you links. You can ask for links for online for online museums, well, museums that have an online component. Um, You could ask for quizzes. You could ask it for ideas for videos. And you don't have to use ChatGPT. I was playing around a bit with Claude 2, which is the meta one. Um, It's not quite as robust as ChatGPT yet, but it's getting there. And I've also played a bit with Bard. At this point, I still prefer ChatGPT, but there are so many different ones out there. You can just play around with them and use more than one because they might give you more information. Now, you could go and Google all this, but there are two advantages of using ChatGPT. First of all, you can literally start the process brainstorming with ChatGPT to come up with your outline because that's what you need if you're creating something. Um, whether it's just a short unit study about sharks for Shark Week or whether it's something larger. And I'm now using it to create both unit studies and my full uh, semester classes. And then you can ask it for ideas for resources. And you can, you know, if it's not giving you a specific type of resource, you can ask it for that. And then you can go and look at it. Now, it's not going to take all the work away from you because you've got to go and look and see whether you really think that is a good resource or not. Sometimes the resources don't exist anymore. Um, but this is a very positive use of AI just to save you the time because Google can often not give you exactly what you want. And I found that it's you're actually getting better information out of ChatGPT because of the way it's, it's busy looking through all that information. It's trying to curate it for you. Uh, you also need to teach your children, and I have a whole episode on that, so I don't want to go all over that again, but you do need to start using your children to use it well. Again, use it for brainstorming, use it for ideas, do not use it to write your essay, do not use it to create quotes. Uh, it still hallucinates, as they say, makes up answers. And even recently, I was teaching an online class, and I asked it to create um Morse code for me because I didn't want to have to go and create the code or it was a cipher code it was some code that I wanted to use and it actually made an error it got it almost correct but it left out one letter which fortunately I caught and wasn't embarrassed so <laughs> you do need to check it it is not infallible it still makes many mistakes and that is something that your children need to understand and realize how to use it uh, well but as I say when you're trying to find something or trying to dive deeper in, if your child comes and says, you know, can I do a unit on this or could we learn more about this? A fantastic place to go to for it to give you ideas on what you can be looking for and specific resources. Well, those are three things. Just three, because if you're not using a lot of technology and you don't know where to start, these are the three I would start with this year. If you are using tech, are you using these three things as much as you could? Uh, Go in, learn some more, do deep dives into them. Come to our Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology community. We'd love for you to share what you're finding 
uh, uses of these three and anything else that you find in particular useful in your homeschool so that you can learn from each other. If you want an easy place for your teens to learn how to use all these three, Finder Finder has a computer applications class, which I teach. I already include all the Google apps and Canva. And for this coming year, I'll be including AI in it as well and how to use some of these tools. And then, of course, um, if your children want to learn Canva in detail, we have a Canva class. I will have links to all these three products as well as the Funder Funder classes that I've mentioned in the show notes. And I can tell you that there are many other Funder Funder classes that are going to use these products as well. Um, so you can just go and have a look and see definitely all the ones that I teach. I think I, I use them in, in everything. But that is it for today. If you found this useful, would love you to share it with your friends, post on social media, perhaps leave us a rating and review because it really helps other people to find us as well. That's it. Enjoy your preparation as the next school year is looming and I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.